My name is Brad Tuttle with WCC Land and Cattle in San Marcos, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. It's always great to be with you for another edition of Texas Ag Today. Jump on in with me. Buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today is ag trade being forgotten in Washington, D.C. Well, it may seem that way if you look at the priority that's been placed on it. We'll take a closer look at that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Texas dairies face the same input cost challenges everyone in production agriculture is dealing with right now. One way dairies could help themselves is with a better understanding of the feed they buy. I'm James Hunt and we'll explain that on Texas Ag Today. Irrigated peanut farmers face potential losses in 2022, mainly due to higher input costs. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. Texas crop losses from 2021 disasters totaled over $2 billion. I'm Gary Joyner, and I'll have those details on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. We're over a year into a new administration in Washington, and we still do not have a chief agricultural trade negotiator at the office of the U.S. Trade Representative. Elaine Trevino, the nominee for that important ag trade position, withdrew her nomination this week, sending the USTR back to the job search to fill it. Texas Congressman Jody Arrington says he worries that agricultural trade is not a priority for this administration. No, there's been no hint of an interest in enforcing these uh, new deals like USMCA and the uh, reforms that we put in place for China. And obviously China is a huge threat. I think China, there's economic war going on with China. uh, And to not hold them accountable for the deals that we've already made and the pain that we went through in the trade war uh, that the farmers felt and the monies we paid out in market facilitation payments is uh, it's a shame that uh, that that our current uh, chief executive is really just a persona non grata on the trade policy stage right now. In addition to the empty ag trade slot at the U.S. Trade Representative's office, the USDA is also without a confirmed trade undersecretary, and no one has yet been chosen for that spot by the White House. One of Texas' largest cattle gatherings is just a few days away. 
In just a few days, cattlemen and women from across the state will gather in Fort Worth for the annual Cattle Raisers Convention hosted by the Texas and Southwestern Cattle Raisers Association. One of the events at this year's convention is the School for Successful Ranching. The school has practical, real-world information for cattlemen and women of every level. There will be more than 30 hours of sessions. The convention will be held March 25th through the 27th at the Fort Worth Convention Center. Details are available at cattleraisersconvention.com. That is cattleraisersconvention.com. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Dolmel. Fertilizer prices are continuing to soar and threatening to go higher, so the Senate Agriculture Committee has asked economists at Texas A&M University to update a study that detailed the sharp increases heading into this year. In a House Ag Committee hearing on Wednesday of this week, A&M economist Joe Outlaw says the update will likely show that fertilizer has risen 20 to 30 percent over the level shown in the study they released back in January. The original study said fertilizer costs, including import tariffs, rose an average of $688 a ton from late 2020 through October of 2021. The updated study should be released in a couple of weeks. Texas dairies face the same input cost challenges that everyone else in agriculture is facing right now. James Hunt tells us there are ways dairies can deal with some of those costs. Like everyone else in agriculture, dairies are fighting inflated production costs. At the recent High Plains Dairy Conference in Amarillo, John Gazer told me one thing dairies should consider is variations in the feed products they buy. One point I sought to bring home today with the audience is to not assume that we have consistency within our purchased feeds, either in uh, moisture content or even in the nutritional value of our expensive feeds that we're buying. Dr. Gazer says understanding that feed content is not always the same could help dairies save money. There are trends happening over time that may present economic opportunities to the dairies, such as less moisture than what a tag may specify or lower moisture than what we have in our feed management software, meaning we are oversupplying the pounds of dry feed, the pounds of of nutrient that a nutritionist might call for uh, when formulating a diet on a dry matter basis. So if, if we have, for example, Uh, 10% moisture in our feed management software when in reality the feed is only 8% moisture. That might mean we have 40 pounds more dry feed per ton and that would be wasted if we didn't capture and account for that. And this is something that can occur I guess across the spectrum of feed and feedstuffs? Correct. We've seen this play out in flake corn. We've seen this in in ground corn. We've seen it in canola meal, soybean meal. Uh, You name the the purchased feedstuff, and we've seen fluctuations over time attributable to just changes in processes, different crops, different vendors that present economic opportunities. Dr. John Gazer is Director of Nutritional Research for Rock River Laboratory and also an adjunct professor with the University of Wisconsin. More from him in our next report. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Irrigated peanut farmers are facing a potential loss here in 2022. Tom Nicoletti tells why. My guest from Stephenville is Johnny Kaysen. He is with the Texas A&M AgriLife Research. He is a peanut plant breeder. And Johnny, uh, this news about uh, losses for peanut farmers uh, this year, those that irrigate their peanuts here in Texas or elsewhere, why is that the case? 
Well, the, Tom, the, the cost of inputs has risen dramatically over the last year. And just by way of background, Texas is 100% irrigated. So all the peanut farmers in Texas are, are basically facing this potential loss that we're talking about. And, and it's mainly due to the cost of fertilizers and other inputs such as uh, pesticides. In some cases, fertilizer costs have doubled or tripled. So what do peanut farmers here in Texas do in the meantime? They have not yet uh, planted those peanuts, and yet this is uh, the forecast for them. Most farmers that I know are currently just waiting to see what the what contract offerings they get, hoping that the price will come up. There are rumors that farmers in the southeast are signing $500 plus per ton contracts, and many of the growers in Texas are waiting to see if the price will go up. Growers in, in Texas that I've talked to have just said that's that's not even feasible in, in Texas and that they're not going to sign contracts. Cotton prices are pretty well right now, pretty high, and a lot of people are, are considering shifting to cotton. So many of those peanut acres in uh, West Texas and, and other locations in the state may possibly go into cotton? At, at least what, where it allows in their rotation, yes. The hope is that the the shelling companies will eventually offer contracts that are competitive. That is Johnny Kaysen. He is with uh, Texas A&M AgriLife Research in Stephenville. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Texas crop losses from 2021 disasters totaled over $2 billion. Gary Joyner has more. Texas farmers and ranchers took one on the chin in 2021 from natural disasters. A record February winter storm, hailstorms and severe weather in April, Hurricane Nicholas in September, and widespread drought. Damage estimates from these disasters and other weather events to Texas crops, including rangeland and forage, totaled $2,095,000,000. The American Farm Bureau Federation reports the damage estimate in Texas only trailed North Dakota as the nation's worst. Over $1 billion in damages in Texas were linked to rangeland and forage. An additional $300 million involved destruction to grapefruit and orange groves in the Rio Grande Valley. Overall, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration reports 2021 was the third costliest disaster year ever. Texas farmers and ranchers experienced it firsthand. Let's hope for a much better year weather-wise in 2022. I'm Gary Joyner for Texas Ag Today. The Texas Parks and Wildlife Commission is now accepting comments on a proposal that would change what hunters need to save after harvesting a buck deer. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have that story coming up on Texas Ag Today. And COVID-19 can affect animals, but we're still learning exactly how it affects them. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. This is Jessica Domel with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I've spent my entire life involved in agriculture, so I know how stressful farming and ranching can be. Things like the economy, finances, and the weather increase our stress levels and can leave us feeling defeated. That's where the Texas AgriStress Helpline comes in. Write this number down, 833-897-2474. That is 833-897-2474. Have you experienced problems like 
rising costs, market fluctuations, family conflicts, or extreme weather? Are you feeling stressed and defeated? Well, it is okay to ask for help. Call the Texas Agri-Stress Helpline. Here's the number again, 833-897-2474. That is 833-897-2474. If you can't write it down right now, just remember you can go to farmlifehelp.com. That is farmlifehelp.com. Even the toughest people need help sometimes. Don't wait. Call today. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. COVID-19 can affect animals, but Dr. Bob Judd says we're still learning exactly how it affects them and which animals it affects. Katie Burns reports in the AVMA Journal that big cats, non-human primates, otters, and hyenas at zoos around the world have contracted SARS-CoV-2 the virus that causes COVID-19 in people. Although most of the infected animals have recovered, some zoos have been vaccinating their animals with an experimental vaccine from Zoetis. Vaccination at the San Diego Zoo was discussed at the American Association of Zoo Vets conference back in October. In July of last year, Zoetis announced they were donating more than 11,000 doses of an experimental vaccine against SARS-CoV-2 to help protect over 100 mammalian species. The vaccine was used at over 70 zoos and sanctuaries located in 27 states. This is an experimental vaccine and is not the same as the COVID-19 vaccines being used in people. These experimental vaccines were initially tested in dogs and cats and were demonstrated to be safe. The vaccine was then used on mink farms and then on gorillas at the San Diego Zoo. In October of last year, three vaccinated tigers tested positive but only had mild signs of illness. From March 2020 to February 2021, there were multiple confirmed cases in big cats and most animals recovered. The source of the infection was believed to be the zookeepers, and after these infections, the zoos stepped up their biosecurity efforts. Again, it is important to know that the vaccine used in these animals was an experimental vaccine and not the COVID-19 vaccines being used in humans. The antibody levels after vaccination appear to be higher in felids and canids, than in non-human primates, which may require a booster. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The Texas Parks and Wildlife Department is working on changes that will affect deer hunters this fall. Jessica Domel has the details in today's wildlife report. Texans have a few days left to comment on several proposed changes to hunting and fishing regulations for the 2022-23 seasons. One of the proposals would modify the definitions of buck deer and antlerless deer. Alan Kane, whitetail deer program leader for the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, recently explained that proposal to the Parks and Wildlife Commission. Staff are proposing to modify antlerless deer definition to clarify that antlerless deer are deer having no antler points protruding through the skin or a buck that has completely shed its antlers. Also to modify the buck definition to a deer having hardened antler points protruding through the skin or a deer having antler go in velvet at least one inch or greater. These definition modifications are necessary to clarify for hunters and our law enforcement about the correct tag usage or what should be applied on the harvest deer in these odd scenarios we run into, such as deer with velvet antlers, antler does, or buck fawns, and shed antler bucks. 
Another proposal would modify the proof of sex requirements for harvested bucks. Staff are proposing to change to allow a hunter to retain only the skull cap with antlers attached and tail as proof of sex rather than the whole head. The addition of proof of sex option would promote good CBD management by allowing hunters to leave the most infectious carcass parts inside a harvest, i.e. the brain. You can comment on the proposed changes on the TPWD public comment page through March 23rd. A link is available at the bottom of the TPWD website. That's tpwd.taxis.gov. Scroll to the very bottom of the page and click on the link that says public comment. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Dommel. It was another volatile week in our agricultural markets. We wrapped things up on a positive note on the cattle market on Friday, but the grain markets closed lower. We'll take a look at all of the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Break out your camera and snap a pic for the Texas Farm Bureau Photo Contest. You or someone you know can share your best photo with the entire Lone Star State and maybe win some cash, like $250 for first place, $200 for second place, and $100 for honorable mention. The contest is open to Texas Farm Bureau members or an immediate family member. Rural settings and lifestyles are the preferred themes for all submissions and contestants are limited to one entry per person. Top four winners will be selected and published in the July edition of Texas Agriculture and the summer edition of Texas Neighbors. Snap your pick now for the Texas Farm Bureau Photo Contest. The entry deadline is June 1st. Visit TexasFarmBureau.org for complete contest rules. That's TexasFarmBureau.org. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. Lower grain markets usually mean higher cattle markets, and that's exactly what we saw on Friday. The corn and wheat markets both headed to the south, and that pushed cattle prices higher. April live cattle up a dollar two, ending the week at one forty fifty. June up a dollar fifteen at one thirty seven oh seven, while August live cattle were up ninety five cents, one thirty seven sixty. Same story on the feeder cattle market. March feeders up forty five at one fifty seven even. April feeders up a dollar twenty-two, one sixty-two thirty-two, while May was up a dollar fifty-seven at one sixty-seven forty-five. Cash fed cattle market mostly steady this week. Here in the Southern Plains, we've seen live sales at one thirty-eight. That's steady with last week's prices. Up north, we've seen live sales at one forty. Dress sales at two twenty-two. Again, mostly steady compared with the previous week. Boxed beef was higher on Friday. Choice up 256 at 259.61. Select up 83 cents, 251.51. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. At Gillespie Livestock Fredericksburg, they sell them every Wednesday. 
Let's go to Wayne Geiswat, Gillespie Livestock. Wayne, talk to us about that sale. Well, we ended up right on top of a thousand. Uh, cow market is probably a dollar or two higher. Didn't have any of those really good cows today, but what they were paying uh, looked like it was sure a little higher. Uh, so some, you know, pretty good cows up in the mid nineties. One I sold right at ninety nine, and it wasn't even that good. Uh, so and the bulls up to a dollar eighteen or twenty. Cow market, I quoted basically two to four cheaper, and you know that might have been the kind. They, they just didn't have those really good yearling-type calves to uh, weigh five, five and a half, or 600 pounds like we've been doing having in the past. But what was impressive is we sold quite a few new crop calves, you know, some 530 or 40-pound new crop calves up in the mid-180s, and 500-pound, 510 weight uh, new crop steers up to right on top of 190. So um, that was a whole lot better on those kind of cattle. Uh, four weights up to two dollars. Three weights up to two thirty-two and a half. Uh, heifers, oh, you know the good four weights up to one seventy-something or close to one eighty. Five weights up in the mid one sixties. Six weights in the mid one forties. Um, didn't have any a whole lot of those real fancy ones. Uh, this week. Um, so I was really trying to tickle with what the sale did. Um, of course, the more zinc, always disappointing when it's a little cheaper, but compared to what we've been hearing right now, well, we were real fortunate to have the buyers we had today. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you, Wayne Geiswhite. We're 830-997-4394. Neighbor, of course, that's Wayne Geiswhite, Gillespie Livestock. Sheep and Goats Tuesday, Cattle Wednesday. And, of course, I'm Larry Marble, Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, walking the pens. Good day. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now. We're lean hogs. Finished lower on Friday. April hogs dropped 95 cents to close the week at 99.40. May hogs down 90 cents, 107.10. Class 3 milk was higher. The nearby March up 2 cents, 22.41, 100 weight. April milk up 14 at 23.37, 100. The cotton market finishing sharply higher, especially on the old crop nearby contract. Cotton traders getting very nervous over the drought concerns here in Texas, especially in West Texas in the Panhandle, and that's boosting cotton prices. That nearby May contract up 500 points on Friday, 126.86, while October cotton was up 163 at 110.33, December cotton up 172, 105.24. Very little fresh news coming out of the Russia-Ukraine war or any possible ceasefire talks, so that sent the grain markets drifting lower on Friday. May corn was down 12 and three quarters, 741 and three quarters. New crop September corn down two and three quarters, 664 and three quarters. Same thing on the wheat market, both hard and soft wheat closing sharply lower. July Kansas City wheat down 21 and a quarter, 1062 a bushel. July Chicago wheat down 31 and a quarter at 1044 and three quarters. In the energy markets Friday, the April natural gas contract was down eight cents, 490. April crude oil up a dollar 67, 10465. The financial markets were higher Friday afternoon. The Dow up 273 points at 34,754. The NASDAQ up 279, 13,893. The S&P up 51 at 4,463.
That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state on the planet, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.